Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, May 25th. We are here live, and it is Destination Health Day. We're going to open the phone lines right now. If you have a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all to do with health, pick up the phone and join me. If you dial right now, I promise you'll get through 855 950 3835. Jump in and join us. We'll get to those calls here in just a couple minutes. You know, we're bringing back our series, Back to the Basics, and we're doing it for every show and every segment we have. I want to talk a little bit today about some basics in health, uh, sugar handling. And that's our theme for the day today, sugar handling. So uh, after destination health today after this episode i'll be joined by lauren and we'll do an after hours with kevin and lauren we'll be talking about sugar handling and we will do a case study from a one-on-one and highlight somebody where we've improved sugar handling but for today for back to the basics i just want to go back to the basics on sugar handling so let's start at the beginning our body can burn two fuels. It can burn more than two, but we're just going to stick to two because those are really the only practical fuels that our body will burn. Our body can either burn for energy. Our body can either burn sugar or fat. That's, those are the two energy sources we have, sugar and fat. The body can take sugar and turn it into energy for the cells, or it can take fat and convert it to energy for the cells. You know, I get a kick out of um, one of the diet commercials. I can't remember. It might be Nutrisystem. I think it is. Um, Protein is the big thing now. You know, for a long time, they they demonized fat. You can't talk about fat because that was bad for us. Well, now that They know that's wrong. They still don't want to say it. Um, Carbohydrates, we've figured out, make us fat and gain weight. I'll talk about that. Protein is the safe one now. Talk about protein. So you see all these products that, oh, high protein this, high protein that. Just ignore that. It's so easy to get protein in our diet. We don't need to go out of our way to get more. But in this one commercial for one of these diet plans, They have new um, premium meals that are bigger and they have more protein and they make a big deal out of that. And on one of the commercials, the person says, and these new high protein meals give me so much energy. Yeah, no, they don't. Protein has almost nothing to do with energy production. You get your energy from either carbohydrates or fat. Which one should we be getting most of our energy from? Fat. Which one do we get most of our energy from in the standard American diet? Sugar. There's a problem. You know, the the idea that we always believed, I said it over and over and over, I was wrong. It makes complete sense, but it doesn't work in the real world. That's the idea of calories in, calories out, and that determines how much you weigh. And I said it. I said, look, this is just a math problem. But it's not. It's not at all. It's not even close. We need to forget the whole concept of calories and the whole concept of exercise to burn off more calories, to lose more weight. None of those things work. We've proven that over and over. They can work short term. It's not sustainable to starve yourself to lose weight. Well, if that doesn't work, and that's what we've been told for a long, long time, what does? Well, the type of calories you consume matter. And it matters because of how your body deals with certain macronutrients. And really what we're looking at, carbohydrates and fat. Carbohydrates includes all sugars and starches. Starches are the same as sugar to your body and to to your metabolism. So when we say carbohydrates, we mean sugars and starches. They're basically all the same. 
when your body sees carbohydrates, yes, it is an energy source, but your body treats it differently than it does fat. When it sees carbohydrates as an energy source, it stores them as fat because that's how our body can store excess energy is as fat. When it sees carbohydrates, it goes into storage mode. It does that through the hormone insulin. So we talk about insulin resistance, which leads to diabetes and metabolic syndrome and all kinds of health problems. That's how our body deals with sugar as an energy source. It stores it for later. When you consume fat, also an energy source, your body converts it to energy. Right now, it doesn't store it converts it to energy. So we've often wondered why as people get fat, they seem to get lazy. They move less and less. Well, it's because when we're eating sugar, our body does not want to convert that sugar to energy. It wants to convert it to storage. But when we eat fat, our body creates energy. We feel like moving more. It's not the movement that causes us to lose weight though. It's the fact that we're not storing energy. We're using it. So when you eat more fat, you end up with more energy. You tend to move more and you don't gain weight. When we eat sugar and it goes to storage, that's when we start gaining weight and we can't seem to stop. That's the basics of how our body uses energy. It will always use sugar first. If sugar is present, it will always use that sugar first. Now, if you're eating carbohydrates and fat, but you're always consuming carbohydrates, your body will now store both the sugar and the fat. You have to get rid of all the carbohydrates out of your body. You either have to burn them off or don't take them in. Then when your body runs out of carbohydrates, it will start burning energy from fat. That's what we want. You could say that's a state of ketosis. That's what we're after. We eat low enough carbohydrates that we can burn them off. And then our body looks around and says, okay, No more carbohydrates to burn for energy. What are we going to do? And it'll find fat. There's plenty of it on your body. And it will start converting that fat to energy. That's why we lose weight. That's the basics of how our body burns energy. Now, we could also go into what our body does with that sugar and with the fat, with ketones. And I will save that for another time. Calls are starting to come in. And... uh, I want to get to those calls. So keep them coming. 855-950-3835. We're going to get started today in Mississippi. Greg, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. How are you this morning? Doing good. What's on your mind? I uh, filed for divorce about three months ago. And just before I filed, I went to the doctor in February for a normal checkup, and I weighed about 349, 350. I weighed on scale yesterday at a doctor's office, and I'm down to 395, I mean 295. Wow, that's a big drop. I haven't, I haven't, done, any, I haven't done anything to lose weight. My parents, I moved out to move back into my parents' Me and my wife are separated right now. And mama and daddy keep telling me, you need to slow down. You're eating too much. You're eating too much. But I'm steady dropping weight. No matter how much I eat, I still drop weight. What are you eating? Uh, standard American. Okay. Whatever mama fixes or mm-hmm. I fix, uh, pork chops, canned goods. Are you noticing that you have to urinate more often or that you're thirsty more often? Yes. Okay. Um, you need to get checked for type 1 diabetes. I've already been checked. I have diabetes. Well, yeah, but, but 
you probably been diagnosed with type two, correct? Probably yes. So when were you diagnosed? Uh, about a year ago. And, and they put me on the metformin. They put me on metformin, and I got where I could not handle it, so I quit it myself. But yet, the last time I went, I don't remember my numbers, but the last time I went, my sugar had come down some. Well, no. Uh, when they diagnosed well, wait a minute. First off, we, I, if we're going to talk about your sugar coming down, I need to know the numbers. If you don't know the numbers, then, it, but that reading. Uh, it was a nine. It was a nine, and I couldn't pass the DLT physical. And what is and it? I got it down to seven and a half. Okay, which is still and diabetic. Close to five. And, right. Okay, so. My concern now is that you are maybe what we would call a type 1.5. So the difference, a type 2, everything in the body still works kind of the way it's supposed to, but we're putting so much sugar into the body, the body just can't handle it. It has nothing to do with all that sugar. That's how you end up with type 2 diabetes or insulin resistance. In type 1, the pancreas actually stops producing insulin. So that's a totally different disease. We, we, we sometimes treat them the same. A lot of people don't understand the difference. They are very different diseases. But now we have this new thing where people have been type 2 for so long and eating such a poor diet that their pancreas starts to wear out and it can't produce enough insulin. The reason I I said we need to look at this is because insulin is what causes our body to gain weight. Insulin is the hormone I was just talking about when we eat sugar, carbohydrates, our body, that's our signal for our body to store those carbohydrates as fat. And insulin is what tells the body to do that. When we can't produce insulin anymore, like a type 1.5, that's why you can't gain weight no matter how much you eat. And I'm not saying that's you yet. I'm saying that's my first thought. When somebody becomes a diabetic, usually the first sign is that uncontrolled weight loss no matter how much they eat. Because without insulin present, your body won't store fat. It will just keep burning it as energy. That's why we know low-carbohydrate diets work because they keep insulin low, so you burn your carbohydrates and fats as energy. But when you have lots and lots of insulin, then your body will store that fat. So did they, did they do what's called a C-peptide test? I don't think so, no. Okay, so that's... We can't tell whether you're diabetic because you're insulin resistant or whether your body is now producing less insulin unless we test for it. And that's the test we would need to do to see if you are possibly becoming a 1.5. The other possibility, um, you said you didn't do anything different in the last three months, but you did. You filed for divorce. That's a very stressful life event. And stress affects hormones, and hormones have everything to do with weight loss or weight gain, even though we might be eating more. That's why the calories in, calories out theory doesn't work, because there are times where you can consume more food, more calories, and yet lose weight. And I know we have a hard time getting our head around that, but it's because of hormones. So there is the stress factor here. Now, here's, here's the good news. We could do a bunch of blood work and try to figure out whether you're a type 1.5 or whether your pancreas is, you know, starting to wear out. Or we could skip all that and just say, if you eat the correct diet, it doesn't matter which one it is. We're we're going to fix this either way. So you could skip all the expensive blood work and testing and just say, I'm going to start eating the proper human diet and it won't matter which one I have. Then I would start with seven days of as close to carnivore as you can eat. Carnivore just means you only eat animal products, uh, meat, fish, dairy, and eggs. 
and I would do that for seven days. Do you have a, it's, it doesn't sound like you do. I'm guessing you don't have a blood meter and you don't check your own blood sugar. Yes, I do. I just haven't checked it in a while. Yeah, you need to get back into that habit. You need to check it every morning okay. as soon as you wake up before you eat anything. And then call me back a week from now and let's see how your blood sugar looks different each day as you start to eat carnivore. Okay. Okay. We can do that for sure. That's where I would start. Like I said, if it turns out that stress may be a factor here, um, we'll work on that next. But this is, this is the start. Let's go to new york pete welcome to the program hello kevin how are, you? how are you good what's on your mind today uh quick question i'm a local driver so uh, i'm looking for a watch that uh, doesn't necessarily have all the over the road features that are uh, on the garmin watch looking for your recommendation well, when you say you're local and you don't want all the over-the-road features, what do you want the watch for? Um, that's a good question, too. <laughs> uh, from what I've heard, there's uh, like the, the oxygen monitoring, the pulse rate monitoring, um, those type of features. Yeah, so if you're looking for all the the health-related metrics on the watch, yeah. the recommendation's still the same. The, the Garmin watch, when we started with Garmin, had none of those features for drivers, the logbook, all that stuff. That's fairly new, but that's in addition to what it's always done. It does the, the stress level, the oxygen level, the uh, body battery, all of yeah. those things. So, yeah, no matter... Whether you're not even a driver at all, I would still recommend um, the Garmin Instinct. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's the battery. That the body battery was the part that I was looking for. Just didn't think of it, but yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, the, I the original function behind the Instinct watch was all health metrics, and. Uh, I test virtually every wearable on the market. I have boxes full of wearables that I've been testing for years now. I should start a wearables museum. Um, and hands down, the, the reason we partnered with Garmin, the reason that's what I, the only one I wear now is my Garmin. Uh, I even stopped wearing my Aura ring. Funny story about my Aura ring, though. Um, not that I wear them anymore, but I think I've got three now. So I originally bought two. I forget why. I think I screwed up the order somehow. Um, Lisa was going to wear the second one, but it was too big and it didn't fit right. So she wasn't wearing it. I lost mine two years ago gardening. I knew right where I was working when I lost it, but I looked and looked and looked and couldn't find it. So I started wearing the second one. Um, and then they came out with a new one. So I bought a new generation. The other day, I'm out working in the garden this year, and I found my Aura ring from two years ago. I haven't tried to charge it yet to see if it still works, but my guess is it probably will. Uh, but I haven't been wearing the Aura. It didn't I, I, pop up. What's that? I, I was just saying, it didn't pop up in the uh, stems and fronds of a carrot. Like I've seen a wedding ring online. That's yeah. how they found their ring that they lost in the garden. Yeah, that would be funny. No, I was just uh, I was just working the dirt, getting ready to plant some stuff, and there it was. Um, and I remember that's where I was working the day I lost it. Uh, but I, really, I am down to the only thing I wear now is the Garmin watch. Between the instant stress, the body battery, the uh, sleep metrics are better on the Garmin watch than anything else I've tried. Uh, I'm convinced this that, by far is the best exactly wearable on the market. For. All right, perfect. The instinct is the way to go. There you go. Appreciate your time. You're welcome. And you can get that at our store, by the way, letstruck.com. You know, I talked about it a little yesterday. Our store is becoming an, well, it are, it is. It's a great place to do your grocery shopping, especially on the road. Every food we've brought into the store, we've brought in a bunch of new ones recently. 
everything is designed to travel well. It's designed for people who are living in the truck and on the road and want the best quality food, but want some convenience as well. Uh, you can eat, you could eat easily all week out of our store now. Between our soups, our new line of seafood is just incredible. Uh, I was sad when um, Vital Choice Seafood got bought and we weren't able to um, negotiate a deal with the new owners, but Lisa went out and found an even better option. Uh, and I'm glad. Really, really amazing seafood all in a can, all shelf-stable, doesn't need refrigeration, and the flavors of these are just incredible. The uh, grain-free granolas are outstanding. We have a couple new nut butters in the store. We have the line of soup. We have the line of pickled vegetables. We have the beef stick. Oh, we have some new um, uh, meat sticks in. We now have bison and uh, deer venison. Just all kinds of stuff. Go check it out. Let's truck.com. All right, let's head off to North Carolina this time. Carl, welcome to the program. Ah, uh, thank you, sir. Hey, I started talking to you a couple of days ago and got disconnected uh, on my side. There was a problem with the telephone, but that was my first time caller, and I just wanted to tell you that about three years ago, I went into the keto diet, uh, lost 35 to 40 pounds, and stopped taking all the prescription medicine, and uh, I'm fairly healthy. Good. Right now, I don't take no prescription medicine. I, I need to lose 20 more pounds, but they are been the hardest pounds to lose. Uh, to me, 35 pounds was easier to do in 20. It's just not, uh, no matter what I eat, and I, I've been stepping off and eating a little bit more carbs sometimes. That's my problem. I know I need to get back to that. But I just, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it was the biggest blessing when I left 35 pounds, felt better. Excellent. I quit snoring. <laughs> All people were yeah. saying snoring too hard. And, uh, and I really, um, I couldn't believe it, you know. So uh, I just want to let you know that, that I really enjoy your program and I listen to it any chance I can. Well, thank you. So let's talk about these last 20 pounds. So what is your current weight? Yes. Current weight is uh, 244. And you'd like to be about 225 or so, I guess? Yeah, two on the 20s. On the 20s. If I can get on the 20s, uh, that, will be, that will be good. I think the 20s, I can... But, uh, you know, I'll do a lot, a lot better. Okay. So one of the things you can always try and it works and it's easy to understand and you don't have to think a lot. Same recommendation as the last caller. Try carnivore for a while or, or as close to carnivore as you can get. Okay. It doesn't have to be a hundred percent. Um, but eating mm -hmm. carnivore is simple. Um, it's easy to do on the road. It's not you know, we don't need list or we can eat that or we can't eat this or we don't have to count carbs because there really aren't any. And, right. you know, if you if you throw in the seafood, if you like seafood and eggs and dairy, yeah, I do. There, there's still mm -hmm. quite a bit of variety there. You know, I can eat uh, salmon yeah. on Monday. I can eat chicken on Tuesday. I can eat pork on Wednesday. I can eat beef on Thursday. I could eat sardines or anchovies on Friday. I, there's, uh -huh. You know, I can eat omelets, eggs, and meat and cheese. There's still lots of variety. I um, tried a recipe from the Carnivore Code cookbook. And when I first heard about this, because carnivore, like I said, is pretty simple. It's animal products. And yeah. When yeah, I heard yeah. about the Carnivore Code cookbook, I'm like, a whole cookbook? How many ways can we cook? <laughs> you know, it, so, but I thought, all right, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. There's got to be something in there. And I've seen this yeah. idea online before and I've seen recipes for it. And for some reason, it didn't appeal to me and I've never tried it. We, in the beginning, we talked about things yeah. like making pizza crust out of cauliflower, which works. Then there was the pizza mm -hmm. crust with almond flour and some of the other nut flours, and they work, uh, and they're good, but they, they have carbs, and you, you've got to watch them. So I've seen right. this idea right. of making a pizza crust that's 
completely carnivore. I thought, how how the hell do wow. you make pizza crust out of <laughs> meat and eggs and cheese? But yeah. here's, it, it's exactly what it is. So it uses cooked chicken. So you just, however you want to cook the chicken, go buy a rotisserie chicken. That's an easy way. Yeah. Separate out the meat. Right. So it's cooked chicken, pork rinds, which are just an animal product, eggs, and cheese. Uh-huh. That's it. So chicken pork rinds, eggs, and cheese. You throw it in a food processor, and it turns it kind of into a ball of dough, and you spread it out just like you would a pizza Uh dough, and you bake it in the oven. And I got to tell you, this stuff is amazing. I actually like it after I make it. I just throw it in the refrigerator, cut it up into squares or however you want to cut it up. I throw it in the refrigerator, and I'll just walk by and grab a slice and eat it, just cold and plain, and it's pretty darn good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Now, what's the name of that cookbook again? Carnivore Code Cookbook. Carnivore Code. Okay. Okay. All right. I definitely will try that. So That'll be great. Yeah. Now, tell me one other thing. Tell me about your activity level. Uh, well, I'm a driver, of course, and uh, not much. Uh, you know, walking... I, I do uh, lose my lawn now in the summertime. I push the lawnmower, uh, self-propeller lawnmower, so I walk behind it. That's the biggest activity I got. Got it. Uh, about so, an hour's worth of that every week. So we don't really promote, you know, a lot of exercise or activity or, you know, uh-huh. we don't tell people to do, you know, four hours a week on the stair step or the treadmill because that, that's not right. a good way to lose weight. But we have found that when yeah. somebody's really gone to a low-carb diet, they've lost weight pretty easily, like you did with your 35 pounds. Sometimes that last yeah. 10 to 20 requires something a little different. And what I've found is high-intensity, short-duration. So rather than get on the treadmill okay. for an hour, we do the X3 bar hard for 10 minutes. That's it. 10 minutes and we're done. Okay. And you do that three or four times mm-hmm. a week. Now, without the X3 bar, you could do something like wind sprints. You know, you, you find a little hill somewhere and you run as hard as you can up the hill for like 30 or 40 yards, then walk back down, then sprint up, then walk down. Mm-hmm. No more than 10 minutes, yeah. three or four times a week. And sometimes that will stimulate some weight loss in that last 10 to 20 pounds. Okay. Okay. All right. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate your, your, your information. That was the reason I really want to talk to you, just to let you know that I, I was so surprised how my health changed from, Excellent. you know, losing weight to, to stopping the prescription medicine. I couldn't believe it. That was the biggest thing, stopping the prescription medicine. I do take some berberine. You recommended Good. that one time. Good. And I and by doing that, by doing that, my sugar, everything is right where it's supposed to be. Perfect. You know, I appreciate that. Telling me that. Yes, sir. Perfect. Love to hear that. We'll keep and it I'll up. Keep on listening. Uh, I'll keep on listening. Yep. Let's <laughs> knock out those last yeah. uh, 15 to 20 pounds and okay. get even healthier. All right. We've uh, we've opened up some phone lines. So now is your chance If you want to jump in, if you have anything health-related, a question, a comment, a topic, anything at all you want to talk about, pick up the phone right now. I promise you'll get through 855-950-3835 is the number to join us. Let's head off to St. Louis this time. Todd, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I have uh, just recently had my medical doctor. I have a thyroid and Hashimoto's. Um, and I feel a little off, so I asked maybe if we could do an iodine test. Um, but she said no. Um, no one in the U.S. would ever be low on iodine. It never happens here. So anyways, I went to my chiropractor, got the blood work done, and I am low on iodine. But one of your suggestions... I don't know if I can eat handfuls of kelp every day, but some people say supplementation can be dangerous taking iodine too. So kind of wanted to get your thoughts on that. 
Well, tell me about your diet. Um, keto. I probably don't eat as much seafood as I should. I just I struggle a little bit with the canned salmon, but mainly meat. Um, probably a little too much dairy, but um, pretty strict, low carb. So one of the things when when your doctor says nobody in the United States would be low on iodine, that's an ignorant statement. And we're actually seeing that's more. What she said. <laughs> yeah, we're actually seeing more and more of it, and and there's a reason, and it's actually your diet. One of the things that we need to realize is that the primary source of iodine for Americans comes from iodized table salt. And when most people start eating cleaner, paleo-based some of some form, they usually, one, you eat a lot less processed food because you can't because processed food is usually high in carbohydrates. So you lose all that processed iodized salt when you drop all the processed food. And most people switch to, you know, a pink Himalayan, um, a kosher salt, a sea salt, None of those have iodine added to them. We added iodine to salt. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, we added iodine to salt because Americans were so deficient. They used to be common in the 40s and 50s. People would have goiters, big, huge, you know, swollen glands in their neck. That's from a lack of iodine. So we started adding it to table salt, which in and of itself is okay. It's not really that bad to supplement iodine. We'd rather get it from food. You have to eat a lot of seafood. Um, But if you're not eating iodized table salt, which you shouldn't be, and you're not eating a lot of processed foods, which you shouldn't be, then you may have to supplement iodine. Okay. That was my thinking on it too, because I, she thinks I eat a bunch of processed stuff, but I stop. I don't really eat packaged garbage anymore. I don't, you know, that was my thought process on it, but she, I guess she couldn't imagine that, but, you know, I, I don't know. So you can also, you know, start looking at foods that are higher um, and try to get them in. And we know almost all seafood helps. Cod uh, is one of the highest. Mm-hmm. Um Do you? How are you doing as far as uh, sugar handling and weight? Is that an issue? Uh, I kind of stalled off too, like your last caller. Um, I don't know. I just think stress and just the thyroid. It's real. I've really struggled with getting. I'd like to drop twenty pounds. <laughs> like you know, I lost fifty, but I really need to get another twenty off and. I, I swear I gain weight even though I eat clean. It's just, it just blows my mind. It's really discouraging. Okay. Um, what kind of salt are you using? Just the pink Himalayan. And then I'm sure there's some regular salt and some of the stuff I eat. You know, I, yeah, I don't no, eat perfect, but... You know, there's multiple different forms of good quality salt, gray salt. uh, I even have black salt and red salt. Mm. But the pink Himalayan, even though we don't add it to it, naturally has more iodine than other salts. So add more pink Himalayan salt to your diet as well. The reason I asked about um, weight loss or weight gain, if that was still important, was uh, baked potatoes actually yeah. are fairly high in iodine, but we don't want to recommend baked potatoes mm. to somebody yeah. who's still trying to I'd lose like weight. To <laughs> yeah, shrimp is another good source you can add, like you said. You All know, right, I like shrimp. I could eat some shrimp. Yeah, seaweed snacks. Um, some of those on the market are actually pretty tasty. Uh, canned tuna, so you could do more tuna. Um I don't know that I would. Now, here's the other thing we really need to do. Uh, I'm assuming your your thyroid's being treated by a conventional doctor. Yeah, the one that wouldn't do the blood. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would find a functional medicine doctor because the way they deal with thyroid is is just wrong. It's like the way they deal with most things. You'll never fix it. 
under their process. You'll be on some sort of drug the rest of your life. You'll always be trying to balance iodine levels and, you know, thought you different thyroid markers, but they're not even measuring the right markers. Um, you know, a good place to start if you just want to read about how different the natural approach is to thyroid and why the conventional approach just doesn't work, um, look up the thyroid pharmacist. Okay. I, I just drew a total blank on her name. Um, Oh, actually, I might. I think I do have that. I have that book. I think it's Isabella Wentz. Yeah, that's who it is, Isabella Wentz. Exactly. Read that book and then yep. find a good functional medicine doctor. That actually, I would find somebody who specializes in thyroid. And actually, you don't even need a doctor. Um, uh, there are some nutritionists that are really, really good at this. My son Michael's excellent at thyroid issues. Okay. Yeah, I, I need to find someone that's more functional medicine because they just want to give you the needle with the rocks and say your numbers look good and even though you feel like crap, you know. That's all they do. You're right. That's a good example. All they do are manage numbers. If the numbers are fine, then you're out the door. We did our, our job. Wait a minute. Yeah. I could care less about the numbers. I care about how I feel. Don't show me a bunch of numbers exactly. and say everything's fine if I still feel like crap all the time. I couldn't agree more. Well, thanks for your insight and keep up the good work. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Wisconsin this time. Jim, welcome to the program. Good morning. I bought the Garmin diesel when you first started promoting it. And uh, I'm working on the stress level. You yelled at me couple of months ago about that but i'm looking for a better explanation of the battery the body battery so the body battery is using a measurement that i've been following for about five or six years and Five or six years ago, we had almost no way of measuring it. Now we have several devices on the market that can measure it. It's something called heart rate variability. We don't want to confuse that with heart rate. Heart rate just tells us how many times our heart beats per minute. Now, if I told you that your heart was beating exactly 60 times a minute, you would assume that it was beating once every second, right? Yeah. 60 beats a minute, there's 60 seconds in a minute. Oh, look, it's beating exactly once every second. If it were beating right. once every second, you would feel really bad and your body battery would be very, very low. And you might think, well, wait a minute. You just told me it's beating 60 times a minute. It must be once every second. Now, we actually measure this in milliseconds, and what we're looking for is heart rate variability. So we want to know how many milliseconds are in between each beat, and we don't want it to be consistent or the same. We don't want it to be once every second. We'd rather it be this space in between these two beats was 55 milliseconds. Then the next one was 122 milliseconds. And then the next one was set. We want it to jump all over. We want it to vary a lot. And that measurement tells us really how, how well our body is producing and using energy. It's a really good measurement of overall health, but it tells us a lot about how much energy our body is producing and how well we're able to use that energy. So that's why they called it the body battery, like the energy level that's in your body at the moment. So we use this heart rate variability and then they convert it to this score from zero to 100 and call it the body battery. I had mentioned the aura ring earlier. 
or a ring is also one of the devices that can measure heart rate variability, but they give you a different score. They, they created their own score. The body battery to me is the one that works the best. I've, I've probably had five or six devices that can measure heart rate variability. And I think it's one of the most important measurements. We, we use it a lot. And that's why we oh. love the way Garmin has converted it to this reading we call the body battery. Um, you know, when you wake up and your body battery's at 100, that, that's the max, you feel much, much different than if you wake up some mornings and your body battery is a five. And the interesting thing is you can get a good night's yeah. sleep or what looks like a good night's sleep and your body battery won't come up at all. And it because the watch also measures stress, instant stress, what we can see is you can only build up your body battery when your stress levels are low. And sometimes you can sleep all night, but your stress level never comes down. And if it doesn't, you won't build body battery and you'll know it. You'll feel it in the morning. You just don't have the same energy levels. Yeah, like my body battery's 25 and stress is 36. Yeah, that's, that's the correlation. The 36 on stress is pretty high. Um, Right now, uh, my body battery is 70. I think I started at about 76 this morning. Um, the, and here's the other thing we know, and, and I used body battery to really put together the whole stress protocol because what I was finding is somebody could take a couple days off, get completely away from stress, get a couple good nights sleep, they'd get their body battery back to 100, which sometimes is a real struggle to get it there. Then the, the yeah, first... Yeah, I've never seen it. Yeah, the first day they would have a stressful day, they would go from 100 down to 10 in no time. And my thought was, well, man, what good does it do to get away from stress if the minute we're back into it, you know, we fall apart like this? And that's where I came up with this idea right. of the stress muscle. So if we do the right things, if we train our body to deal with stress through what's called hormetic stress or eustress, then it's like a, a muscle or it's like our cardiovascular system. If we train ourselves to run a marathon, then we can run a marathon. If we don't train ourselves to run a marathon, you just can't do it. It's not physically possible. The same thing with stress. We can train our body to stand up to that stress without breaking down, without losing our body battery. And it, it's those, you know, the four things I put out are the most effective. The Wim Hof breathing, the cold exposure, the infrared uh, saunas, and the uh, high-intensity workout like the X3 bar. You do those things consistently, then you will find it's easier to build up your body battery and it won't drop nearly as fast. And it, the reason it's easier to build it up is because all of those things also reduce the impact that stress has on your body. So your stress, instead of being at 36 already early in the day, might only be at 10. So your, your stress muscle gets stronger and your body's ability to deal with stress then gets stronger. So it becomes much easier to keep your body battery elevated where we want it. So did you put out that um, stress packet yet? I just did. Protocol. Oh, you did. Okay. Yeah, I just told you what it was. That That's really, I mean, I am going to do some oh, sort that's of a, a, okay. Yeah, some sort of a project or a challenge around this, but I, I thought I'll just release the stuff. The, the first two don't even cost you anything. The breathing and the cold exposure, you can do those for nothing. The infrared sauna blanket, yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend it. We found the one that I like. We sell it in our store. It's about 500 bucks. Um, same with the X3 bar. Right. It's about I bought five or that 600 one. bucks. Yeah, I bought the blanket. Are I you using it? Realize the bar was there. When I'm home, yes. In the truck, it's kind of hard with the inverter. But. Yes, when I'm home, I do use it. 
Good. The, and the trick behind the infrared sauna blanket is the more you use it, the, the better it becomes. And there are multiple benefits to it. We have the stress reduction, which is what we're looking for here. But it's also a very, very powerful way to detox. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, I got to work on my sleep and the stress, I guess. Well, they go hand in hand. When, when you can bring the yeah. stress level down and build your, your body battery back up, when, when that muscle gets stronger, then your sleep will improve. And I got one hour of deep and four hours and 41 minutes of light and 43 minutes of REM last night. Yeah, your your numbers are about like mine. They're not great. They're just kind of enough to get you by. And when I start working yep. <laughs> on the stress protocol, then my sleep numbers start improving. Huh. All right. I'll have to do some cold showers at the truck stops then. There you go. Get get that breathing in. All, all, right. of, all of that stuff really does help. I promise you it helps. It doesn't happen quickly, and you have to be consistent. Let's go to Michigan. Stephen, welcome to the program. Uh, yes, uh, thank you for taking my call. So um, uh, I'm doing short haul like supply chain. Uh, my shift was 1 p.m. Uh, till 9 p.m., and... Uh, by seniority, I get bounced to 10 p.m. Uh, 10 p.m. till 6 a.m. I lost 60 pounds by your advice. So, um, how am I supposed to eat now at new uh, schedule? Uh, I'm not used to eat at night, uh, but uh, I used to eat like first meal uh, at 10, 30, 11 in the morning, and then the second meal at about 6 p.m. And that's all I don't eat anymore. But uh, I don't feel hungry. Yeah, so what you can do is just... Now, we we still go by appetite. You know, the rule, don't eat if you're you're not hungry. Eat if you are hungry and eat until you're satisfied. We can also just take your old schedule and just kind of adopt it to your new schedule your old eating habits so when you say you ate your first meal around 10 or 11 in the morning what time did you normally get up uh about uh, 9 30 so within two to three hours after you wake up so just adopt that same schedule whatever time you wake up now to start your day have a meal two to three hours in if you're hungry so if I'm going to the to my shift at uh, starting at nine, I have hours to get there. So I have to st- eat uh, like uh, seven, six o'clock, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. First meal, and then and then second meal, I should eat when I finish my shift, or you know, and then go I, to I sleep. Would, it's no good. Really, I would let appetite determine that. Eat that second meal when you're really hungry for a second meal, whenever that happens to be. Uh-huh. I have and my second question you know, I, I, go ahead. when I was on the road I had a crazy kind of schedule you know sometimes I'd drive for four hours sleep for a couple hours drive for four hours I'd drive at night right, I'd drive in right, the day right, my schedule was all over the board when I'm at home I'm the opposite right, I mean I have this very kind of routine set schedule but either way whether I have the mm-hmm. routine at home or whether I have no routine uh-huh. when I'm on the road I basically don't have meal times. I, I just eat when I'm hungry. You know, it used to be, and, and it changes. It used to be that I'd get up in the morning. I used to talk about this all the time. I'd get up at like 4.30 or 5, which I want to get back to. I'd have a cup of NDK mm-hmm. coffee, and I wouldn't eat till like uh-huh. noon or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And I wasn't hungry. Uh-huh. Well, something's changed for one i'm getting up later now i don't get up till about six or six thirty most mornings and i get off the show earlier a lot of days because i'm not always doing three hours anymore sometimes i get off the show it's you know nine thirty, ten o'clock and i am just starving for some reason and if i get off the air and i'm hungry right. i just eat 
And then later on in the day, if I'm hungry, I eat. I, I really don't have much of a set schedule around eating. I just let my appetite tell me when to eat. So it's okay if I'm during the night shift uh, yeah. eat something if I feel hungry, right? Absolutely. Just uh, just eat uh, the same way I do. I eat like keto stuff, yep. like exactly. meat, fish. Yeah, don't pork, change what you're bro- eating. And, and just let no, your no. appetite determine when you're going to eat. What's interesting, uh, when I lost 60 pounds, I gained uh, 7, 8 pounds back. And I remember you said uh, your body knows uh, how much weight you have to weigh. Yeah. Yeah, we, we kind of like a thermostat. And we can change that over time. And that's one of the problems people yeah. face when they gain a lot of weight and they would they hold that weight for years or decades? It can be hard to kind uh-huh. of reset that number. Oh, I see. Yeah, and when I gain back like five, seven pounds, it stays stays constantly. But uh, I was wondering why I'm getting I keep eating same thing I do all the time, and uh, you no, know, it stops and it's gain back. You know. So, and another question I have regarding the relief factor. Uh, do you have any uh, opinion uh, about relief factor? Because I had a broken uh, hip. I fell at the work. And uh, during healing, uh, I got a disbalance in my spine. And uh, my uh, legs now constantly uh, in sore. So is relief factor. I cannot take drugs uh, because my CDL. <clears throat> Can I use a relief factor? Is it really helps like it's in commercial or it's just another? Yeah, business? you know, the product relief factor, it works. There's nothing wrong with it. It's, it's the one thing I have a problem with. Um, and it's only a couple basic supplements that we know are good anti-inflammatories. So it's basically omega-3 fatty acids, resveratrol, and curcumin. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically what's in right. it. The problem I have is mm-hmm. omega-3 really, really comes down to quality issues. I Do you eat seafood? No. Yes, of course. If you're eating plenty but of good... But not very often. Yeah, if you're eating plenty of good seafood, you're, you're already getting mm-hmm. a better quality omega-3 than you're going to get from this supplement. And if you wanted to add some curcumin, there's tons of supplements out there for curcumin. Or you can just add more, um, oh, shoot, what's the, uh, what's the food that curcumin comes from? Um, oh, it's in curries. It's in Indian curries a lot. Uh, boy, I just drew a blank on the name. Um, so... Relief factor to me, all of their money gets spent on marketing and advertising. That's why everybody knows the name. That's why we're talking about it, because they spend a ton of money to advertise this product on TV. It's nothing special, uh, and I'm not so... Turmeric. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren was listening, and she helped me out there. Uh, Turmeric. Yeah, turmeric is the food that we get curcumin from, and curcumin is a strong... Uh, anti-inflammatory. So I would skip the relief factor and you're eating plenty of seafood. If you want to add, you know, more turmeric to your diet, then, then you'll be fine. Um, I, I find for most people eating a clean diet, they just don't need this anyway. Uh, how can I find turmeric? Uh, where, where is, uh, where is, uh, what kind of food uh, contains, or is it just tablet? Turmeric is a spice. Oh, it's a spice. So use the turmeric with any meal uh, I'm yep. eating, meat, whatever. Yep. Uh, yeah, put, use plenty yeah, of turmeric. Like I say, turmeric is, is the main ingredient in most Indian curries. So when you smell that really uh-huh. distinct flavor of Indian food, you're smelling the turmeric. Right. And it's, it's uh, take care of the pain of Yeah, it's, it's right? an anti-inflammatory. And, and uh, because I've tried to really factor, but I noticed it's just taking a lot of fluid away from you. You're going uh, to the restroom like five, six, seven times, you know, 
all the time. It's plenty fluid going away from you. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I say, it's it. I, I'm not big on these national brands that spend all their money on advertising. Well, it's good to know, Kevin. Thank you so so much. Thank you so much. You are welcome. Appreciate the Thanks for the call. call. Let's go to. We're going to go to Canada this time. Robin, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, I was just calling that long-time listener, first-time caller, um, calling to kind of share my story with you. Hopefully it helps somebody that might be on the edge of changing their mind on the whole standard American diet thing. Sure. <laughs> so I was always a big boy growing up. I mean, uh, probably 150 pounds going into sixth grade. Uh, 210 pounds going into high school and leaving high school probably around 260, 270 pounds or so. Um, go back to last October, um, 24 years old and I was 302 pounds. Um, always exhausted, out of energy, in pain all the time. Um, finally, after years of listening to you, I finally said, screw it and Decided I got to do something about this. So, um, I've been trying to do carnivore. I do fall back off of it somewhat regularly, but I'm working on cleaning that up. Um, but anyways, um, so from October till now, so about seven months, I started at 302 and I am now 245 pounds. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, I've gone down from a size 46 pair of jeans to a size 38. Wow. Um, which I haven't been anything less than a size 40 in probably close to a decade now. Incredible. Um, yeah, so it's been really awesome. Um, I feel better than I have in a decade. Um, you know, I have more energy, feel a lot better, um, more willing to actually do stuff. Actually, uh, my wife convinced me to sign up for a couple obstacle course races this summer, uh, oh, six cool. kilometer one and a six kilometer. So I guess it would be like four miles and nine or 10 miles. That's exciting. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, it's never been something that's actually been interesting to me, but now that I, have the energy it seems like something that i could actually accomplish yeah i i love that you know that the whole obstacle course thing i think is a great great hobby and activity it's it, it's more natural than say just running you know or just swimming or just riding a bike or even doing all three of those these obstacle courses that that's that's more of what we went through kind of as hunter gatherers I think it's very natural. It's outdoors. We're in nature. So I think that's just an awesome idea. Yeah. And it, it's kind of right up my alley too. Cause even before, like I never really interested in, you know, walking down the pavement and, you know, yeah, right. walking through town type of thing. I've always been one to walk in the bush and, and the less flat and even it is, the better it was for me to keep me interested, you know? Yep. Perfect. Um, which is awesome because around where I live, it's all just trees and lakes and forests and everything. I, I'm like an hour away from the closest town. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, yeah, that's basically my story. And like I say, hopefully it helps motivate somebody to, you know, try it out because uh, I may not be doing it perfectly. And I'm, you know, I've got work to do. And I actually just did a, a NutriCue last week and I had a discovery call with Lauren on Monday. So I got a direction to work in now. And Excellent. Um, Good. Yeah. Good. You know, you say you're not doing it perfectly. Um, I've been doing this over eight years now and I've met honestly thousands of people, um, hundreds of practitioners over the years. I haven't found anybody who does do it perfectly. <laughs> that's fair 
Yeah, nobody what does. is perfect anyway yeah no nobody does the 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 more we do the better the results you know if we're eating carnivore the more carnivore we eat the better the results are if we're eating keto the more keto we make it the better the results get but um and, and i do want to go back and thank you for calling in and saying you know you hope this helps one person i can promise you it will that this i think it's the single biggest reason we've been so successful at this it's not because I'm that much better than the other practitioners that are out there. It's because we have this consistent platform every day. So you hear this stuff over and over and over. You're a great example. You, you didn't just hear it once and go do it. You heard it a lot. And over that same time, I'm sure you heard this. People call it and go, you know, I tried this. It just works. And I really do think that's the single biggest reason why we reach and help so many people is because we have this consistent message every day and people call back in and share their results. Yeah, no, that's for sure. I mean, I've been listening to you for probably five or six years now. Um, so I've been hearing it over and over again. And then on top of that, my wife uh, did keto uh, on her own. Like she didn't even, she didn't, listen to your show or anything, but she kind of just um, started keto and she lost 80 pounds herself. Awesome. Um, so yeah, no, it's been fantastic. I mean, I've tried, I've gone to a few different dietitians growing up because obviously I was a fat kid, right? So my parents at least tried and, and, you know, put me through the standard medical system and, and, followed their recommendations and every single time i actually ended up gaining weight as opposed to losing weight isn't it crazy um, i know i it I, I i you know i just can't think of many other i can't think of any other industries where we have gotten so many things wrong completely wrong completely ass backwards for decades and we still won't admit that we got it wrong Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much the only one aside from maybe uh, politicians and the weathermen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. That's right. And I can I can forgive the weathermen. That's nature. I don't know that we're ever going to figure that one out. But boy, you you would think we'd be able to figure out what we're supposed to eat, but we have a hard time with it. Yeah, well, that's one thing. Nature is always going to be smarter than humans, and it, it yep. proves itself time and time again. Eh? Yep, exactly. Well, congratulations. Well, I just wanted to say thank you, Kevin, and uh, I'll let you move on to another call, but uh, thank you. You've really made a change in my life, not by doing it, but by giving me the tools I needed to uh, make a change for myself. I love that. Thanks for the call. Uh, thanks for sharing, because that really is what motivates people. You know, I can stand here and talk, and I can be pretty persuasive sometimes, but you, the listeners that call in with their results, do far more to convince other people than I do. I, I have no doubt about that. It's the callers who get other people to do this. That's why I love this format. Let's, uh, let's go to South Carolina. Terrence, welcome to the program. How's it doing, Terrence? I love What's your format. Nope. Um, God, I'm, I'm having so much stress. I can't get none of the Alexander's um, half and half. <laughs> yeah. Sure, I can't get it through the shore anymore. Oof. I know. I had the same issue. And when I was on the road, I ran out of yogurt and I didn't have stuff to make it. So, you know, I went almost a month without any. And I just got back and finished my last batch, but I had to go find, um, and here's what I ended up doing. I found the Alexander's A2 whole milk, and but I, they had no half and half, no heavy cream, and this was just a regular grocery store. So I ended up finding a really, really clean brand of heavy cream, but it's A1. So I've got a mix of A1 and A2 protein this time because I couldn't find the dairy I wanted either. Okay, so I thought it was me because, like, the way that the texture that stuff is unbelievable. But, all right, I find something around here in South Carolina. It's just a little tough. Uh, another question I got is about the, um, the 
uh, hormone receptors, detox and all that. Yeah. You know, do that you got in the store? Yeah. So you can take both of them at the same time, right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Uh, I did it once before. I felt great. I just got a new patch in, and uh, I just wanted to make sure that I'm doing it the right way. But, yep. Uh, yes. Okay. So but you had mentioned that you had something going on with Alexander's a couple of shows ago. I don't know if that's what we're talking about. You had to deal with them or get to deal with them? No, it wasn't Alexander's. It was Azure. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah, man, I don't know what's going on. I, every time I go put the order in, they ain't got it. So I know. I'll figure something out. I know. I had to go figure something out. Like I said, I ended up with. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up using two of the. Actually, it, I think they're like what one and a half quarts or three quarters of a quart or I forget. They they're bottles a weird size. I used two of those. And then I think I either used two or three pints of heavy cream. And I got the same texture as the half and half. So I was pretty close to the right milk fat number. But the cream is A1 because that's all I could find. You see, my issue is I can't find anything that's uh, low pasteurized. Everything is ultra high. You know what I mean? That's the other reason. They actually had some A2 heavy cream there but it was ultra pasteurized and i don't like to use that because it's inconsistent yeah. sometimes your batch comes out fine other times it doesn't come out at all yeah i, I just got so used to that texture with that alexander oh like, it's perfect oh my god all right kevin i'll let someone else get it like i said i love the new platform i the beta tester i've really got no complaints with it there's nothing other than when they did the upgrade, I had a little issue, but I, I figured it out myself. So it's real easy to real easy to work, and thank you for doing it, man. Excellent, excellent. Thanks for the feedback and the help on that. Yeah, um, developing an app is always interesting, and when you're in the early phases of beta, it's not unusual that we release a new version and we fix some problems and we create even more than we fix. I, I, that's just the nature of the beast, and it's why we beta test so that we can uh, we can get all these bugs worked out before we release it to everybody. But we're getting close. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.